This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec, the podcast that keeps you updated and educated. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 513. Great to have your company once again. My name is Stephen Fennec. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, we're in Bangkok for Huawei's Smart Office launch event, and we'll go through all their product announcements. 5G is taking on the NBN, and that's exactly how the telcos want it, and what we can expect to see with the PlayStation VR2 headset. In the Tech Guide reviews, we check out the new TCL Mini LED C835 4K TV. We also get our hands on the Backbone 1 PlayStation Edition, and Motorola's new G62 5G smartphone that's designed to be affordable and to entertain you on the go. And we'll answer all of your tech questions in the Tech Guide help desk. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, the company that keeps you connected, and Norton, the company that keeps you protected. Well, we've just got back from Bangkok where we attended Huawei's Smart Office launch event. Great to be traveling again. Geez, it was uh, funny to find myself again in a foreign country, although I was in the US in January for the Consumer Electronics Show, but this is my first trip since then uh, in into Bangkok, Thailand, for three days. It was Nice and warm as it normally is in Bangkok, but uh, I was there, of course, for the Huawei Smart Office launch event, and this was an event that uh, was actually held in this massive exhibition center. There was about fifteen hundred people in the audience. I had a front row seat. I was I got my badge, and on the bottom left corner of the badge was uh, a, a a letter and a number, and it turned out that was my seat allocation. And I was in the very front row. I thought that was pretty cool. No one ahead of me. And it was uh, the event went for about an hour and a half. There was so much to announce, including laptops, a tablet, uh, a, a monitor, uh, earphones, all kinds of things that we're going to go through now. But just just on Huawei, they've uh, a lot of people may have sort of forgotten about this brand. This is a company that that used to be at one point was the number one smartphone manufacturer in the world. They're no longer supplying phones into Australia because they've now they've been denied access to Google's latest versions of Android. So they, I believe they're still selling smartphones in China and other parts of the world, but not here in Australia. But the smartphone category is just one of many that Huawei has uh, an involvement in. And we're going to talk about laptops, monitors, uh, all these other areas where Huawei has been quite active, including wearables. We've spoken about a few weeks ago, the, the Watch D, the uh, uh, smartwatch that took your blood pressure. Uh, other other smartwatches and wearables that they've also released in the last couple of years have been terrific, uh, and now they're into that they have been for a while in the laptop market. Not not the first company you think of when when you think of laptops, but I think they've established themselves as a player in in this category because they were one of the first that I can remember anyway that that really uh, that that really turned turned a few heads with their MateBook series, especially the MateBook Pro that had the really thin bezels on on the laptop. It and the, I think the I think it might have been one of the Dell uh, laptops. 
the uh, all the HP laptops that had these ultra thin bezels to make what a, a, a to give a, a a laptop with which would usually have like a thirteen point three inch display because of the thin bezels it was now fourteen point two inches. So that they were one of the first to do that, and their new laptops uh, that they announced at this event were also really impressive. But again, I'll talk about that in a second. Huawei is a a company, a tech company that's actually been quite active in in the tech world. They're, they're the number one company when it comes to patent filings. I'm not sure whether many people knew about that, and we're talking ahead of other companies like Google and Apple and Microsoft. They are number one in terms of, of patent applications. The, the other, the other uh, area where they're not backward in coming forward is their, uh, their patent, not the patents, it's their research and development. R&D, they are the number two company in the world behind Google in terms of the amount of money, and we're talking tens of billions of dollars here, in, in terms of the amount of money spent on research and development. So Google, the, their parent company, Alphabet, is number one. Huawei is number two, but Huawei is ahead of other companies like Apple and Microsoft. In fact, they, they say that 22% of the company's revenue is redirected back into research and development. So they're... They're a, they're a company that's that's still quite active in in all, across all these categories and their 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 technology they're obviously with all that research and development they're 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 really releasing innovation and, and technology that other companies just haven't seen before and we'll see some features in the in the products I'm about to describe some really intelligent features what I like about them is the features are useful they they, they can be used every day and they're they're meant to deal with to give you a good experience in the current way we work. So a lot of hybrid working, a lot of remote working, uh, working from home, all the, all these all the ways that we're working. Uh, even when we're in the office, they've created this ecosystem within their product lineup. So let's talk about them. Let's uh, let's kick it off with the Huawei, the MateBook X Pro. Now this is a laptop which has this really uh, really unique finish to it. It has this magnesium alloy construction. And what, what Huawei calls it, I do love some of the names they put to their technology and the products. They call it skin soothing. It's got a skin soothing feel, which, which in, for my, I, I, I had my hands on, look at this. It's, it's kind of like the, the soft touch, you know, where it doesn't quite feel like metal. It has that softer touch to it. So they're using magnesium alloy rather than the traditional anodized aluminium here. And this skin-soothing material, as they called it, it's achieved with a special polymer that gives it that soft feel. So not only is magnesium lighter, but it's also quite strong as well, stronger than aluminium. And uh, the color they had too was really nice, ink blue, they called it. It was uh, You can see that in my hands-on story there. They're, all, they're also going to have a version in white as well. The laptop is weigh, weighs just 1.26 kilos, has a 14.2-inch display, has 92.5 screen-to-body ratio thanks to those really thin bezels that I mentioned earlier. They are one of the first companies to go down that path. 
The screen has a 3120 by 2080 resolution, 264 PPI, that's pixels per inch, so really sharp, bright screen, has a 90 hertz refresh rate, and has a nano optical AR layer, which is designed to reduce reflection. So, you know, if you've got a glossy screen and you're outdoors, forget being able to look at it. But with this new layer, the, it reduces re reflections by 60%. So you can easily see the screen anywhere, whether you're inside in bright light or out, wherever. If you're if you're in the sun, you'll still be able to uh, watch it quite clearly. the The laptop is also powered by the 12th Gen Intel Core processor, and also has a smart cooling system as well. Now, Huawei has introduced a technology called Super Turbo, which means it's an optimized performance mode that works with Windows Windows 11. So you're getting not only the high speeds and smoother operation, but also that power efficiency. So it's giving you high performance and more uh, and lower lower power usage as well. So your battery lasts even longer. So the improvements that they've they've quoted was improvements in doing things like video rendering, compiling code. It's all improved by 35, 20, 50 percent respectively, depending on what what you're doing. So uh, that does it does uh, make your work to get you easily get you to just power through your workload. Here's another new feature that I really liked as well, and that's smart interactions. Now this is it makes use of the generously sized touchpad. So for example, if you swipe the upper left edge, you can forward through a video. If you swipe up the right edge, you can increase the volume. Swipe on the left edge to adjust the screen brightness. If you you tap the touchpad with your knuckle, you can take a screenshot. And if you press the upper left corner, you can close a window. And there's also AI gestures too. So you can swipe your hand up and down to move through the pages of a document. Swipe left and right to fast forward or, or rewind through a video and air press, so sort of push your palm forward, and that'll play and pause a video. Pretty good. Now, how many remote conferences have we done, video calls and the like? The MateBook X Pro can it has microphones and a smart camera on board to make your virtual meetings even higher quality. There are, There's four microphones on the front edge of the laptop, and they can clearly hear you even if you're up to five meters away from the computer. There's also the AI camera that has face tracking. So you could be standing up in front of the camera. So say, say you're, you're presenting to people virtually, you could be standing up to five meters away from the laptop so your voice will be heard. And the face tracker will also, if you move back and forwards across the screen, the, the camera, you, you're going to stay in the center of the frame thanks to that AI camera. Now, the MateBook Pro X Pro is coming out in the coming months. Uh, I have been promised one of the very first review units when they do land in Australia, and I promise I'll give that to you guys on Tech Guide and also talk about it on the show when I actually get my uh, use it as my daily driver and really have a, a, a good, thorough look at it. But moving along, the next product we're going to talk about is the MatePad Pro 11. Is the Windows 11 tablet that offers really nice design. It's quite thin. It, it's it's only 5.9 millimeters thick. It weighs just 440 grams, has an 11-inch uh, display. So it's really iPad Pro ter in terms of quality and specs. 
has 92% screen-to-body ratio and a 120 hertz refresh rate. It's also the world's first TUV Rhineland full-care display 3.0 certified tablet. That's that's a measurement of uh, your eye comfort. So if you're using uh, is lower lower blue light, and even though it's got a backlight, it does have still that eye care mode on board. Uh, it is also sounds great as well. There's Huawei sound on board, another first for a tablet. So you're getting this cinematic audio from this 11-inch tablet. It includes a 1.5-millimeter detachable magnetic keyboard, does also have the Huawei M Pencil. So you can actually you can draw and write on the screen. Now, do you remember earlier when I said about this ecosystem they've created? Well, if you happen to have the X Pro or one of the other laptops, the MateBook D16 or the MateBook 16S, they were the two other laptops, 16-inch laptops that were announced at this event, then they can work hand in glove. So you can use, you can drag and drop content across. You can switch your, if you're on a video call, you can switch it to another device quite easily. You can use the the monitor, sorry, the uh, the, the MatePad to expand your screen real estate on your laptop. So it's like a second screen. And because they're talking to each other wirelessly, it really does. It, it's, like, it's like Apple, how the iPad works really well with the Mac and the MacBook. This is what Huawei's created for Windows users using uh, for with their new lineup of products. I mentioned the MateBook D16 and the 16S. These are two 16-inch laptops. Again, designed for those customers who need a bit more screen real estate, who want to do, who are you know people like graphic designers and photo editors, people who want that kind of screen real estate uh, to to use. They're, they're also 12th gen Intel Core driven laptops as well. So powerful, a lot of performance there, right at your fingertips. Let's move along to the monitor. The Huawei Mate View SE. Now, when you first look at this, you think, okay, it's a 23.8-inch monitor. It's got a 92% screen-to-body ratio, so they do love their thin bezels over at Huawei. But it has an adjustable swivel stand, so you can actually rotate it from 0 to 90 degrees. So normally a, a, a monitor is in landscape mode, so it's wide. But if you're working on a really long document, you just need to, the screen to adjust. You want to adjust it to suit the document. You simply swivel it 90 degrees, and now suddenly you're looking at a portrait-shaped, like smartphone-shaped display for you to be able to run, look in one, in one glance at a long document. It doesn't stop there, though. There's another cool feature with the monitor, the MateView SE, and it's ebook mode. So you know when you're reading something and, and your eyes get tired looking at a bright screen all the time? What they've created here with ebook mode, it looks it, – it, you flick it into ebook mode, it creates this ink on paper effect. So it looks like an ebook reader, like a Kindle. looks like an e-reader. So it makes it easier on your eyes while you're reading documents. They've thought of everything. The other product we're going to talk about too is uh, the new the new earphones. Uh, I think the Huawei have really that's one area where they've really done well is in their their they've got their free buds. They also had their over over the year noise cancelling headphones as well, and the quality surprised me. I, I wrote a story about them late last year, and I've got to say the they sounded amazing. Now the, they've released just released the Huawei Free Buds Pro two. Now, these have a really slick design. 
they've got a there's the tiny little stalk that comes out, so they're not fully contained inside your ear. There's a little stalk, sort of like like the AirPod Pro, uh, that comes out of your ear, and that, that just squeezing that gives you different controls for navigating your music and things like that. But it's what they've improved on the inside that's going to make everything sound better. They've got the ultra, they've got the dual driver true sound system, and digital crossover technology squeezed into that little earphone, if you can believe that. Uh, what it also has is really improved this noise cancellation. So while you're listening to music and while making phone calls, that's another thing that headphone and earphone manufacturers are really paying attention to call quality now. The call quality comes through a four-mic call noise cancellation system, and it, it uses Huawei's deep neural networks, a DNN noise cancellation algorithm. So your calls are really clear, even though you might be in a noisy environment. And the active noise cancellation for your music too uh, has improved by 15% when you compare it to the previous model. So that's the that's the wrap-up of the main items that's been announced at the Huawei Smart Office event. I've written about all of them on Tech Guide. I've also sort of taken a deeper dive into the MateBook uh, X Pro laptop as well. I did a bit of a hands-on look at that one. I quite like that laptop. I'm really keen to get my hands on that one. Uh, but that's all there for you to see. You can go through all the products that, that were announced and all the ones that we talked about here. Those, All those Huawei products are going to be available in Australia in the coming months. So keep an eye out. Some could be next month. Some might be in another couple of months. But keep an eye on Tech Guide for all of that news. But if you, in the meantime, if you want to see all, this, all the products announced at their event, you can check all of that out at techguide.com.au. Well, it's the old debate, 5G, and how it's really taking on NBN as a choice for customers who want to connect their home broadband. It is something that's been talked about for quite a while, and the NBN, you got to remember, was conceived back in 2007. It was actually one of then uh, Labor candidate Kevin Rudd's main campaign pitches was the National Broadband Network, if you can remember back then. Kevin07 was talking about fibre to everyone's doorstep and the, these amazing speeds that we're going to get. And didn't quite work out that way. The the This was a $50 billion project that promised everyone fibre to the doorstep. We didn't eventuate that we did that. There was a mix of technologies because uh, liberals came into power. The coalition came into power in 2013 when Tony Abbott was elected prime minister. Malcolm Turnbull was his then communications minister. And he took a look at the plans and thought, well, running fibre to everyone's doorstep is going to cost triple what they've budgeted here. That's why we got the mixture of fibre and copper and HFC and all of these different technologies and it's only now where the NBN is complete where they're going back and filling in the gaps. And the gaps is improving fibre to the node and fibre to the curb and offering fibre to the premises if you are wanting to get a faster speed. I'm right in the middle of thinking about, of looking at getting gigabit per second speeds. Now, I am currently an Optus customer on the NBN. They don't offer speeds higher than 400 megabits per second on their ultra-fast plan, which is like $150 plus per month. 
So my other alternative is to to take on a plan from Aussie Broadband, who has an ultra fast that is a gigabit per second. Now that's going to cost me one hundred and fifty bucks, which I'm happy to pay. I want that extra speed. I I want decent upload speeds as well. And that that's now that's now for me to achieve that. NBN has to give me the fiber extension. I can only get the fiber extension if I sign up to one of these plans. So it's not like we're going to do it for you anyway, and then you can choose your plan. I've got to commit to the plan before they run the extra six meters of fiber from the pit outside on my footpath to my house, which is fine. Meanwhile, 5G is really taking hold and in terms of it's growing its footprint pretty significantly now. Telstra just a few weeks ago said they reach 80% of the Australian population with their 5G network. Optus making similar claims and Vodafone bringing up the rear as well, their 5G network growing as well. What they all have in common though is the offer of 5G home broadband. And that offer is a popular one that a lot of people are taking up and a lot of people are coming from the NBN and choosing 5G as their high-speed connection at home. Now, you think about 5G, Telstra's claim that they they can re- receive speeds, customers can receive speeds of up to 600 megabits per second. And Optus, similarly, for about 85, I think, or $89, one's 85, one's 89. One, I think, has unlimited data. One has a terabyte. I think Telstra has a terabyte of data. Vodafone are offering 5G, but at 100 megabits per second. So that's a real NBN alternative. But the thing they've got in common is they're all cheaper than the respective speeds you would have got on the NBN. So earlier I was telling you I wanted the faster speeds. Optus's NBN faster speed, 400 megabits per second, was going to be 150 bucks a month minimum, probably more. But Optus have, if I'm in a 5G area, have an $85 or $89 plan that gets me speeds of up to in excess of 400 megabits per second for half the price. So here's where the challenge is coming. Do customers want to pay more for slower speeds or are they willing to go through to 5G and have these faster speeds at a cheaper price? And it's only going to get better. 5G is going to be more widespread, faster, better. I won't say cheaper because all the telcos have recently put up their mobile plans, so there's nothing to stop them putting up their internet plans, which they've probably done as well. So that that's but it's it's an incremental increase that reflects what they're saying reflects inflation, but it's only a few bucks more. Still way cheaper than a high speed internet uh, NBN connection, and also. It's a lot easier just to opt for 5G because they just deliver the modem. There's a SIM card in it. You plug it in and you connect it. If you, for me to go down this path of the, getting the gigabit per second, I need the NBN to come to my house, extend the fiber, put a box outside the house, a box inside the house, and then I'm good for up to one gigabit per second, depending on the telco that I choose. In this case, it'll be probably Aussie broadband. But there's that as well. Now, it's in the telco's best interest to have you as a customer. And if they had their choice, they would choose to have you as a customer on their 5G network. Now, the reason for that is that 
if you were to sign up to an NBN player, like oh, like I'm now, I'm with Optus, I'm with NB, the on the NBN through Optus. Every month when I pay my money, part of that, a great portion of that, goes to the NBN. But if I was an Optus 5G customer or a Telstra 5G home broadband customer, whatever I pay per month, say it's eighty nine bucks. 100% of that belongs to Telstra and Optus. They don't have to give that to the NBN because 5G is their network. That's why a lot of people, and I've heard, I'm getting emails from, from customers and my listeners and readers who are receiving all this marketing where Telstra said, look, do you know you're in a 5G area? You can sign up to our 5G home broadband. And a lot of people are entertaining the thought. And they're seeing the prices and what's possible. When they see those speeds that, that they're achieving, then it's definitely something they're considering. Now, NBN and 5G all are not perfect technologies. They do have their imperfections. They have their dropouts and slowdowns and various things. And 5G does have good capacity. But what's to say that if every single person in your street gets 5G home broadband, How's the, how's the network going to handle that? Well, chances of that happening is, is, is slim because most people just don't want to have speeds higher than 100 megabits per second and they're on decent plans now, so they'll probably stay the same. So if there's a lot of you who are grouped together on 5G for, through various telcos, that could be a consideration. The NBN, of course, is still the connected backbone of the country got us through COVID with flying colours. It was a real test for the NBN, as a matter of fact, that those two years we spent in lockdown and working from home and learning from home, it did not miss a beat. So I think the NBN, that, that's kind of their badge of honour, that they've got a really solid and reliable network and uh, that d depending on the speed you want, of course, uh, will change the cost of your plan. But it does give us, though, freedom. We have the freedom to not only switch between NBN providers, but now we also have this other choice of 5G if uh, if that's what we desire. Best thing to do if you are considering being a 5G customer, go to your the telco, whether it's Telstra, Optus, Vodafone, go to their website and type in your address to make sure you're within their footprint, to make sure you can actually be a 5G home broadband customer. But this is a battle that's not going to end anytime soon. 5G is going to only improve in the next few years, as will the NBN, but it's going to be a really interesting choice for customers to make in the years ahead. If you want to read our story about the 5G v NBN saga, you can check that out at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. Well, the PlayStation VR2 is hopefully just around the corner. We've been waiting a while for this one. It's been years since the original VR and has had a lot of developers, of course, involved creating these amazing games for this experience. So it's virtual reality. It's also going to be augmented reality we hear as well. The Sony Interactive Entertainment gave us a little sneak peek into the user experience, what we can expect with the VR too. There's a picture of it on on Tech Guide, that, that picture is actually a few months old. That, that was the, the new look of the headset was revealed a little while ago. But this new, the sneak peek at the interface and the experience, that's really given us an insight into the improvements that we can expect from the VR2 when it's, when it's released. And developers are busily working on creating these next generation games and experiences 
once this thing is released. There's talk that we will see limited numbers released at Christmas. So it'll be another PlayStation 5 scenario where all the people who want it, but the amount of stock coming through means that you're going to have to be quite patient. Don't know whether that's actually going to be the case. I'm hoping there's just a ton of stock that people can get into uh, and buy straight away. But what we're going to see, what are we? We're going to see a. There's going to be a see-through view. So anyone who's used VR now, for you to see your surroundings, you've got to take the headset off. But not with the VR two. That does. It's got embedded front cameras that you can access through the function button on the headset. So you can switch between viewing your content and then viewing your surroundings, and then back again. You're able to see where you are in the room. And VR2 will also allow you to broadcast yourself as well while you're playing. You connect a PS5 HD camera to the console so people can see you, what you're doing, and the game at the same time. Now, the other, the other, anyone who's played VR will know you need a bit of space. And if you don't have just vast areas of empty space in your home, the good news is the VR2 lets you make the best use of the space you've got. So what happens, the onboard cameras, that that uh, the external cameras can scan the room and the controllers can help you map the play area. So if you've got a tight spot to play in, you can map out where your lounge and your tables and everything are. So you don't want to be knocking over the furniture and bumping into the furniture. So you're able to set that that area to give you so and establish the fact that, right, this is my area to play in. The PSVR2 has VR mode, also has cinematic mode. VR mode gets you gives you a 360-degree view in a virtual environment, content displayed in 4,000 by 2,040 HD video format. So that's 2,000 by 2,040 per eye. And it's got 90 hertz and up to 120 hertz frame rate. So the virtual view is pretty good. Cinematic mode, where you're viewing it like a, a cinema, is that's the non-VR game mode and non-VR content, which is media content, movies and stuff. That gives you, creates a virtual cinema screen. And that displays only in full HD, 1920 by 1080. I thought it would have been maybe 2K resolution or 4K resolution would have been nice. It does, they promise HDR video format and it's either 24 by 60 hertz or, uh, and there's also 100 hertz, 120 hertz available as well. Really exciting. Uh, I can't wait to get my hands on this thing and put this headset and wear this headset and explore these amazing experiences and games. We're hoping it's released later in 2022. But uh, keep keep an eye out. Uh, we've written about the this experience. You can see the headset and those screenshots from that experience. But stay tuned to Tech Guide for more news on when we can expect all of those, all of that, uh, the the VR two to actually land in the market. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fennick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly supported by Netgear. They're Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. If your home demands superior Wi-Fi, treat it with a masterpiece in connectivity. Bring your Wi-Fi up to speed with the Orbi Wi-Fi 6E from Netgear. 
Orbi Wi-Fi 6E is the first and only Wi-Fi 6 quad-band whole home mesh system, opening an exclusive all-new 6 gigahertz superhighway that's fine-tuned to deliver unprecedented Wi-Fi speeds and smoother streaming simultaneously across the smartphones, smart homes of today and tomorrow. It's Wi-Fi perfectly engineered. Wi-Fi 6E, the fastest Wi-Fi ever. Find out more at netgear.com.au forward slash best Wi-Fi. And now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennick. Opening up the reviews for this week, we we took a look at this new TCL C835 Mini LED QLED TV. Now, TCL, a pretty reputable brand in TVs, this new 4K mini LED, all, all these features working together. That's what I love how they've got all these. It's like they've got a quarterback, which is their processor, and all these great players, which is all their different technologies, and the quarterback's calling the shots and bringing them in when necessary. So you're getting improved picture quality, but also improved audio quality as well. I think a lot of people underestimate sound when it comes to their TVs, but Good news with the TCL, it does have Onkyo Audio on board, Dolby Atmos, and a built-in subwoofer. So you can uh, – it looks – it sounds as good as it looks. We'll talk about the audio uh, a bit later. But let's look at the design first of all. Really slim, really sleek design. Has an edge-to-edge screen. And what I like about it is that the stand actually sits right at the back of the TV. You know, you can hardly see it from the front. And so it takes all that weight from behind. The The base or the, the, the stand also has a detachable uh, detachable panel so you can actually use that to organize your cables as well so it gets gives it a nice clean uncluttered look now on the picture quality side this is where it's at the tcl835 has 4k resolution which is four times hd and you can see that quality anyone who's got netflix stan apple tv disney plus all of those different all of those different streaming services they all now have 4K content, so you're able to easily to see the difference and the improvement, how sharp and, and, and the quality of picture you're getting. If you've got a 4K TV, of course, then you can enjoy the 4K resolution, and that's exactly what the TCL provides. Now, it has mini LED full array back panel technology. Now, what does that mean? Mini LEDs are the backlight, and they're being mini LEDs, these are microscopic lights that can be controlled in what they call local dimming zones. So having more zones means more control over the contrast, so the lighter and and darker parts of the screen. So if a scene calls for a, a, a dark corner and the bright light in the up in the top top right hand side, the mini LEDs can easily control those different zones so that the black still look quite black and the bright colors still look quite bright. And, and that's what having those local, the advantage of having all those local dimming zones. The result is an enhanced picture quality, brighter whites, inky blacks, rich, accurate colors. Also on board is quantum dot technology. Now this is a layer of light emitting nanocrystals. LG, Samsung, all these other companies, I think Hisense all have similar technologies. Uh, that's quantum dot that allows for that really boosts the warmth and vibrancy of the color. 
So that's like a color filter to give you more accurate, uh, true-to-life images. They're also also on board the HDR, so high dynamic range. Now, this is working in real time to control the color and contrast frame by frame. So it optimizes the detail, smooths out the color. So what you're seeing is a really smooth result. Now, the quarterback that I mentioned earlier is the AIPQ engine. This is an audio-visual processor that is, is like the traffic cop here. It calls the shots, combines all the built-in features and performance in real time, so it even takes your environment into account. So if you've got a bright room, uh, you, you might, might be a bit of background noise, it does take the initiative by upscaling the picture and also the audio to suit that room. Now, the processor automatically upgrades and optimizes the image according to the content you're watching as well. So if it, see, if it sees, sees sky, okay, that should be blue. And if it sees an ocean, okay, that all, should also be blue. Oh, hang on, there's some grass. Let's make that green. Skin color, let's make it look like skin color. So it's making these decisions in real time to give you the optimum picture quality. It even dynamically adjusts the volume to eliminate any distortion. So if you, there's something like a big loud explosion, it's not going to be any kind of distortion through the inbuilt speakers. Now, the what adds to the smoothness of the picture is the 200 hertz clear motion rate. So if you've ever watched sport, if you've ever watched an action movie where there's a lot of fast-paced action, having that smooth, uh, that 200 hertz refresh rate really smooths things out. Now, gamers will also celebrate this because they also have variable refresh rate, and that's 144 hertz. And what, what that means is that the TV can match the frame rate of the game you're playing. So that means that your graphics are smooth, your graphics are clear. So none of this, what they call screen tearing, where you see these sort of jagged edges and, and, and tears in the image and judder in the image. You're really seeing that really does take you out of the experience. You, you forget you're in a game. So having that, what, that variable refresh rate really, I think gamers are going to be flocking to this. And a lot of other TV brands are, are really taking gamers into account nowadays. That they do now consider them a massive audience, massive customers for their TVs because what's the best monitor in your house? Then the TV in your lounge room. They want that. They want gamers to use that as their as their their platform. Now the audio side, as I said, audio is a big deal uh, when it comes to completing that experience. It's all of it, it's great to have good picture quality, which the TCL C eight three five has. But if, you, if it's got crappy audio, the experience is going to be a little bit how you're going. So with good audio and good picture quality, that completes the experience. And what the TCL C835 provides are Onkyo-tuned speakers. So they've got, you've got this really clear audio. You've also got a built-in subwoofer. Now, that's on the back of the TV. So you're getting a really nice, satisfying bass. You know when there's an explosion and you want that sort of noise music that might need that bass as well? That's provided from the built-in subwoofer. So between the Dolby Atmos and the built-in speakers, the subwoofer, the quality of audio you're getting right out of the box, I think is good enough for you to think, well, I don't need a soundbar. The reason people buy soundbars because TVs are flat. There's no room to have massive speakers. So 
the soundbar, which is only used to produce good sound with biggest a lot of space for speakers, is something that that your a lot of retailers try to upsell you for a soundbar. And you know what? The soundbar is always going to sound better than the TV. But in the in the case of the TCL, the C eight three five, with that built in subwoofer and the Onkyo tuned speakers, I think the quality is the up is right up there and good enough for you not to need to buy a soundbar. I know a lot of people are really fussy with their sound and they don't care how the TV sounds. They just want to have a soundbar and that's their prerogative. And a lot of people like to connect it to a home theater system with multiple speakers and receivers and all that. That's great. But if you're looking at a TV that ticks all the boxes for picture quality, audio quality, and it's affordable and provides decent quality both picture and in sound, then the C835 does really deliver in that regard. So no real need to splash out. You can if you want to, but from from my ears, I'm thinking this sounds good enough to not have a soundbar. Now, the TV has a the Google TV operating system. Now, this is a really good interface because you think about it, it's Google, so all the apps that you want are at your fingertips. Uh, you can get all the streaming services uh, right there as well. It's got a really easy to navigate interface too. That's what I like about it too. And based on what you're logged into, so say you've got Netflix, Stan, Disney Plus, it'll put those recommendations up on the screen. So it'll give you recommendations for Oscar winning movies or movies from the eighties or whatever, you know, sports movies. It'll give you all these recommendations and also tell you on the underneath the services that you're already logged into where you can access that content. Really intelligent, really intuitive. I think it's uh, it's an impressive system that runs the TCL TV. Just on the remote control too, they've really done a good job with the remote. It's really thin and light. There are shortcut buttons for Netflix, Stan, Prime Video, Disney Plus, and YouTube. And also the buttons that you use the most, like volume up and down, channel up and down, home button, they're all right in the middle, the center of the remote, right near where your fingertips would be located. So really smartly put together and and well designed. Now, how much is it? The 2020 TCLC 835, we had a look at the 65-inch model. That's priced at $2,395, which is pretty reasonable, I reckon. The 55-inch is has all the same features, but it's $1,595. And if you want to go even bigger, if you want to go 75, there's a 75-inch version of the TCLC 835. It is $3,195. So I think good value there, especially when you consider there'd be no need to shell out for the sound bar. Sound out of the box is pretty good, really impressive, and a lot of people will enjoy it without having to spend an extra few hundred or thousand bucks on a on a sound bar. But there's the 2022 TCL C835 65-inch 4K mini LED QLED TV. That is a mouthful, but there's plenty of features for you to enjoy with that TV. So if you're in the market for a TV, I think you should check out our review at techguide.com.au. All righty. Any gamers out there, or in in particular, PlayStation gamers out there? We spoke about the VR2 earlier, but the Backbone 1 has just been released, and it is the PlayStation Edition. 
Now, how do we know this? Because, well, it's the same color as the PlayStation, the uh, DualSense controller for the, that uh, come that comes with the PS5. It also, too, has the same buttons, you know, the triangle, the circle, the cross, the square. This PlayStation iconic symbols are also on board. So same buttons there. It's got the thumbstick as well on either side. The the D-pad, the directional pad uh, on the on the left, has a screen capture key as well. Now this only works with uh, with an iPhone. So if you're an iPhone user and you got a PlayStation Plus account uh, and a PlayStation console, you can not only play extend the PS4, PS5 play on the Backbone One, but you can also then access your PlayStation Plus account or Xbox account if you've got Xbox Plus account as well. Uh, but it does give you, it's got the shoulder buttons and everything, the same layout as the, the PlayStation controller. Uh, and it's all running through the iPhone. And the on the, on the right-hand side is the lightning port. So you slip your phone in. If you do happen to have a 13 Pro Max, which I do, there's a special little adapter that you put in there as well. So it does allow for the, the camera to not bu bump up against the back of the controller. And it even has the PlayStation symbol on the back of the of the device. When you've got your phone inside, it stretches the backbone one out and then the PlayStation symbol emerges. You can see it on the back once if the phone is inside it. But it is a it gives you that that familiar look and feel. Uh, and you can use it, as I said, for remote play to extend your PlayStation 5 and 4 gaming anywhere. And uh, you can also play other games you can download from the App Store and other game streaming services. Uh, and you can also download the Backbone app for iPhone. So it gives you that customized PlayStation experience with all the various PlayStation integrations as well. Uh, you can also browse hundreds of PlayStation titles. There's even there's a dedicated section for PlayStation new releases and updates as well. The PlayStation Edition also does not need a charge because it draws its power from the iPhone that's connected to it. So no need to charge it, which is, I think, smart because uh, worst thing in the world is thinking, oh, you want to play a game, and you think, oh, I forgot to charge it. But no, no problem like that. It's uh, it takes the power from the iPhone. So make sure your iPhone's charged. That's the thing. Where do you get it? You get it from JB Hi-Fi. It's priced at one hundred and seventy nine ninety five. And if you're a PlayStation fan and own an iPhone, then uh, get this one into you because it is going to be a popular one. One seventy nine ninety five. PlayStation gaming anywhere. Gotta love that. Motorola has just launched the new Moto G62 5G. Really impressive phone for the price. It's $399, has a 6.5-inch full HD Plus display, 120 hertz refresh rate. That's better than the Google Pixel 6a we spoke about last week. So 120 hertz refresh rate. But also it's available from all the major telcos too, Telstra, Optus, Vodafone, all ranging this phone. And also, though, has it's it's kind of built for entertainment, like audio-wise. So you got that great 6.5-inch 120-hertz screen, but then on the audio side, you've got Dolby Atmos spatial audio. So it uses the speakers to deliver this incredible three-dimensional sound. 
So uh, that is the entertainer on the move there. The smartphone is powered by the Snapdragon 480 plus 5G mobile platform, has 4 gig of RAM, and also connects to the fast 5G network. So you can download your content in seconds. 5G, so you get 5G connectivity, big screen, 120 hertz refresh rate, Dolby Atmos for under 400 bucks. That's pretty good. Now on the camera side, you've still got a 50 megapixel main camera with quad pixel technology. And that means that no matter the lighting conditions, even in low light, it's going to take a pretty good photo. There's also an eight megapixel ultra wide camera, which gives you, allows you to fit four times more things in the frame. Uh, also has a two megapixel macro vision camera. So you can get the, all those up close and personal miniature images. And of course, if you're a selfie taker, it has a 16 megapixel front camera, which uh, also works well day or night in any kind of lighting conditions. Uh, what I do like too, it has dual capture mode. So you can actually shoot from the front and rear cameras at the same time. So you're putting yourself in the pictures or the video. So imagine, say you, you're at someone's birthday party and you're filming someone blowing out the candles and you're filming yourself singing happy birthday. It also has the auto smile capture so that it the photo is taken when everyone's smiling. That, that you don't you hate it when there's a couple of people in your photo not smiling? Well, with the auto smile capture, not a problem. There's a 5,000 milliamp hour battery on board, and that easily gets you through the day and well into the next. Has turbo power technology, which that's kind of a, a form of fast charging. So you can get hours of battery with just minutes of charge time. So if you're in a, say you're about to go out and you think, oh, I'm low on battery, plug it in for a few minutes, you'll get hours of, uh, of use. The Moto G62 5G is also running Android 12. And Moto, Motorola specifies the fact that there's no added user interface. It's purely Android. So you know how when you get other Android phones, they've got their own little user interface uh, and then you've got Android underneath that. And what results there is not only this multiple, not the cleanest experience, but you also double up on apps as well. What Motorola is saying is that's not the case here. You get just Android, no duplicate layer, no other added user interface layer as well. Good news. The Moto G62 5G is 399 You can get it at JB Hi-Fi, Harvey Norman, The Good Guys, Officeworks, Big W Online, Mobile City, and Lenovo Online. It's also available, as we said, across the telco providers, Optus, Telstra, and Vodafone. If you want to take a closer look at the Moto G62 5G, check it out, techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated, Tech Guide with Stephen Fennec. The Tech Guide podcast is also proudly supported by Norton. They're the company that can keep you and your family safe online. The dark web is an underground part of the web that isn't searchable from regular search engines. It's where cyber criminals buy and sell illicit items and stolen personal information like bank account details, home addresses, credit card information, and more. Norton 360 Premium includes dark web monitoring, which searches the dark web markets for your personal details, and if discovered, will notify you. Norton 360 Premium has multiple layers of protection for your devices, online privacy like a secure VPN and dark web monitoring, all in a single solution. 
with real-time threat protection to help protect you and your devices from existing and emerging online threats, parental control to help manage your kids' online time, and school time to manage your child's remote learning, a password manager to generate, store, and manage your password and other credentials more securely. There's also SafeCam for PC and SMS security as well. Norton 360 Premium for PCs, Macs, and smartphones or tablets is available online at au.norton.com or an electrical retailer. All your tech questions answered. This is the Tech Guide Help Desk. The Tech Guide Help Desk is proudly brought to you by Belkin. If you're after a cable, a power bank, a MagSafe case, a charging stand, they've got plenty of products for you to choose from. Check them out, belkin.com forward slash au. Now, I mentioned at the top of the show that I've been traveling again. I've been to Bangkok. And I'm not the I'm not the lone ranger there. We are all traveling again. Uh, when I got back from the airport, it was jam-packed with people returning from various parts of the world. And what does that mean? It means... We're traveling with our SIM cards again. And a lot of people for the last couple of years haven't had to bother about this. Hasn't been an issue. But now that we're traveling again, they want to know, what's the best thing to do if I'm traveling and want to take my smartphone with me? Do I buy a a roaming pack? So Telstra and Optus have their, I think you pay 15 bucks a day. You get a certain amount of data, unlimited calls and texts. But if you're away for a long time, that's going to add up. So if you're paying 10 or 15 bucks a day, if you're away for a month, wow, that, that's going to be big money for you to pay. Vodafone has their $5 a day uh, roaming, which I'm a Vodafone customer. So if I go away for a week, it means seven days I've got to roam roaming. So that's an extra 35 bucks, which is I think pretty good because it means I can use my phone and my number and my data however I want in that country. And that's the advantage of having the roaming pack is that your number, someone rings you, you're still able to answer that call wherever you happen to be. But you do have limited data to use each day for Telstra and Optus though. Now the alternative, if you if you you're not fussed if you're not you don't care if people call you or you're not you don't want to be reached, then it is possible to buy a SIM card. Just rock up and get a prepaid SIM. If you say if you're traveling to the US, I had a woman uh, contact me saying that she's going around the world for a year. She's going to do the uh, a travel a tour of the US and Europe, and wanted to know what the best case scenario would be for the a SIM card. I said, look, if you're in the US, have one SIM card for the US, so that'll be whatever network it'll work across the entire United States. But then when you head over to Europe. Buy another one, buy a different one so that you can have one, like you can get Vodafone or Orange or all these different brands they've got over there. And that'll work not only in the UK and Ireland and all across Europe. So you're covered wherever you happen to go. And the same deal applies if you're traveling, say, through Asia. There's a few uh, telcos there that work pretty well. And they they offer some pretty pretty, uh, affordable prepaid data plans. You can use Wi-Fi, of course. Wi-Fi is how a lot of us connect when we can in our hotels and in cafes and hotspots and various places. But if you do want that travel sim so that you know you've got that connection wherever you want, you might be in the middle of nowhere. So there are not many Wi-Fi networks and cafes in that in those areas. If you do happen to be in an area with, with cellular reception, then that's how you can connect to the internet. So we're traveling again. And of course, traveling with SIM cards. They're just a couple of tips for you if you happen to be jetting off on a holiday. 
And that is our show for this week. Thank you so much for if you've reached the end of the show. We appreciate it. If you need to find out anything, though, that we've spoken about, you can head over to techguide.com.au. Everything that we spoke about on the show is on the website. If you need to find out more, see pictures and do whatever you have to do. And if you want to contact me, send me an email, info at techguide.com.au, or click on the Ask Stephen icon, and that'll also generate an email and send it my way. We want to give a special thanks to to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and also Norton, the company that can keep you and your family safe online. Tech Guide is a free podcast. It doesn't cost you anything to listen, but we'd love it if you could support the our, the sponsors that make this podcast free for your listening pleasure. Help us support the sponsors that support the Tech Guide podcast. Thank you once again for listening. We'll be back with another show next week. So until then, Stay safe and stay connected.